from MZ Studios in Dallas, Texas, you're listening to the Tennis Revolution Podcast. Welcome to the Revolution. The Tennis Revolution is here. I think that's the first time in 487 <laughs> episodes I've said that, or remembered to say that. I was about to say, it was very professional. Yeah, I forgot everything else I was going to talk about, but I had that. <laughs> I've always got that. That Usually when we, do, we start with that, that means there's nothing that exciting to talk about, but I don't think that's the case this time. Well, I think we have an example that we talk about sometimes that you hate. <laughs> but I'm actually, I actually liked it for some reason. I don't know why. Maybe I'm getting soft in my old age. But we had 500 tournaments in a row all together. Um, you mean 500 in quantity, not the amount of ranking? Well, we had one 500. <laughs> I thought you meant 500 different tournaments. That's what it feels like. Kind of. Yeah, we had a bunch. There were a bunch, and uh, and you know, you you see, very. You know, I guess depending on the time which one is on live and it could have been any of them on tennis channel. That's and the only thing I like about it is that you're getting live tennis pretty much all day. Right. Even right now as we record this as we, yep, that's true. Delray beach. So it's pretty, that's what I like is you turn it on and you always feel like you're getting, like I was about to go out last night and there was that Alger Alizim was playing his semifinal match. And I was like, I don't want to leave. I want to see the end of this. And what choice did you did you make the responsible choice to stay in and do your job or did I, you go party? Luckily, it ended, so I didn't have to choose. <laughs> Otherwise, I probably would have had to leave because we had a. You would have said au revoir to the Cana- <laughs> French Canadian. That's right. Yeah, I forgot he was Canadian. I was thinking he was French, and the French people were going to have a future star, and then I realized it was Canadian. So I'm sure they'll claim him if he gets better. <laughs> well, I uh, I mean, look, Canada's killing it, dude, especially on the men's side. Doesn't that isn't that what makes you sad about American tennis when you've got such a small country that like has so many more potential stars than we do? And it's so cold up there. <laughs> no, everybody plays hockey, right? And yet, it seems like they have more of an upside than we do. Yeah. Anytime I tell a friend about an upcoming Canadian, he's Canadian. There's a they're like that Braden Schnur. I told him he's like, oh, it's just a waste of hockey talent. <laughs> <laughs> so even the Canadian and curling people are not that excited about these tennis players, but it is sad to me that there's going to be more American, more Canadian men in the top hundred than Americans probably soon. Soon, yeah, maybe soon. Al- maybe already, but it's pretty uh, pretty terrible. Well, we got the women for a while. Yes. So yeah, so we have the biggest men's tournament um, going on right now is the ATP 500 in Rio. And that's the one you're talking about with right. um, Ali Asim, FAA. Isn't that what BG Tennis Nation calls him? I was thinking about that, and I thought if he hadn't, he's missing out. I'm sure he has. Well, the problem is I'm going to call him FAA because it's a trillion times easier. Right. So uh, if Brad does too, I'm not paying homage to Brad Gilbert's <laughs> awful nickname situation. I'm just trying to, trying to make my life easier. So FAA is what we're going with. So he was in the finals. Um, when it was funny because you would assume that being the 500, that would have been a star-studded field. And unless they all lost early, it seemed weak or weaker than Delray Beach. Well, it one thing I thought of when I saw the draw 
is, uh-oh, this might be a real-life example of what happens if we only seeded four. Right. Because Dominic Team lost 3-3 three and three in the first round. He was the one. And he's, by the way, the second-best clay court player in the world, supposedly. Apparently. And he lost to the eventual champion... Um, so that guy just had the a crazy Serbian Dejeri or what I don't know how I don't, I don't know either. Serbian. So. That guy just had a crazy week, I guess. So team out, the one seed down, the five seed one, Souza from Portugal. Then the three seed lost. And who was that? The that was Chechenato. Yeah, I mean, so these are the, the top seeds. Yeah, the <laughs> six seed lost. The seven seed lost. The four seed, which Schwartzman lost. The six seed lost. And the two seed lost. So literally every seed except the five made it through to the second round. <laughs> so maybe I'm rethinking your stupid idea of having uh, four seeds only. Yeah, they lost without playing other seeds. <laughs> Actually, you know what? You're exactly right. Actually, if we would have had only four seeds... The rest of the season might have been spread around and made right. it through. So actually, <laughs> now that I rethink the rethink, maybe we're again. I always should remember that the default position is we're right, of course. But yeah, that's. I mean, so is that improper seating or is that just the seated players being weak? <laughs> uh, both. I mean, Je- Schwartzman and Chechenato and team are pretty usually pretty good clay court players. Yeah, and you know, Fanini. It sounds like there may have been some weird quirk to the surface. Just I only say that because, you know, when you have an unusual outcome, that sometimes is the reason. I mean, it was red clay, so yeah. I don't know. I don't. When Nadal's coming back next week, I saw, and he's supposed to play Kyrgios real early, and they were making a big deal about that. But it's just crazy to me how many of these 500 tournaments the big players didn't play. Like even now, Zverev is skipping them, and yeah, it's kind of. Uh, it does make it hard to figure out which tournaments to watch. Well, I actually have reversed course. Not reverse course. That's not the right answer. That's not the right. I actually looked at these tournaments differently. Um, and I looked at them as in all these new, you know, looking at our quote unquote next gen. And now hopefully what, you know, because that's the marker I'm looking for is the next next gen. Anybody, you know, sits a pass in younger. And again, I don't mean age. Right. I mean tennis age. So the group that is team, the group behind them. Yeah. And anybody younger, the FAA would count, is younger than them because he's way younger. Right. Um, so anybody in that next, next gen beating the next gen, I look at that, I'm like, all right. And it gets me fired up. Actually... It renews my, I don't know what, not faith isn't the right <laughs> word, but you know, we, we, we are pretty down on this generation. Would yeah. you, would that be fair to say? Oh yeah. And this is, <laughs> I feel like this is the first year and I say year, meaning like the last four to four months where we're seeing progress by the next gen, Yeah, the next, next gen, but the next gen now. And, it, and certainly it's hard to tell right. when not everybody is playing in every draw. Yeah. So, but even before when everybody didn't play, then it was the. The, the second tier players that were winning, you know, Chilich and those guys. I mean, now to have new people coming up and beating the second tier players to me is impressive and means something. Yeah. So you've got, so the, the next tournament is a hard court, of course, because we're getting <laughs> ready for clay. Why not throw a hard court in for the love of Pete? In Marseille, 
And I uh, thought that was already. I thought that was. I thought that already happened. I thought that was the one that uh, uh, Tsitsipas won. Yeah, he did. Oh, wasn't that in Marseille? Yeah, finished today. Oh, I thought you were saying starting next week. No, 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 oh, no, no. Oh, I'm, I'm going down the list of the 5,000 tournaments oh, in a row. going on right now. Yeah, so that was a hard court in Marseille uh, in Tsitsipas, who's next, next gen. Yeah, and he was the one seed. And he beat Kukushkin. Who, uh, who knows? Is he next, next gen? I'm not sure. <laughs> he's, but, past, he's past gen. <laughs> well, Chorich is next gen. Right. He lost second. He lost his first match, which was the second round, to a wild card. Ugo Umbert, the, the doubles standout. Yeah, he made it all the way to the semis, yep. I think. And, yeah, he did. And let's see, who else? Shabala... Shapovalov lost to Kukushkin, but that's all right. Uh, Verdasco was the seed. He won a round, then lost. Jill Simon and David Goffin, they battled out in the quarters, and then Goffin is who uh, Tsitsipas uh, beat. So that's a next-next-gen beating a next-gen. Yeah, he was one of, he's one of my biggest disappointments because I really he was one of the ones I thought could really make it to a slam, you know, semi or final, and he's just kind of stagnated for the last couple of years. Well, he's had some weird issues. Yeah, as he said, those took a couple of random injuries. Really, I think somebody punched him in the face <laughs> and he didn't want to admit it. Well, and he had that uh, same Jack Sock syndrome where he got to the top 10 because a lot of the other guys were out. So maybe he never really was a top 10 caliber. Right, right. But his ranking got there. So, well, yeah, but so seats pass winning – um, is is a feather in our cap, so to speak, in regards to um, that idea of the next next gen overtaking the next gen. Well, and I saw some comments. He said that he didn't really. He's been kind of disappointed. He hasn't been able to to play up to the level that he did in Australia. And he said this is the first week he felt like he got back to that level. And he said he knows that's kind of what you got to do is be able to do it every week you can't just do it what a fine fine young man <laughs> what a fine young He's man my favorite the future greatest of all time 21 slams <laughs> <laughs> oh uh, i hope not <laughs> so then we had an, uh, another tournament this week we had delray beach right here literally just finished so it's hot a perfect warm-up for miami right hot oh yeah <laughs> hot off the presses right here and we had Delpo, no bad news, bro. <laughs> bad news. He, lo- he, I think he got busted up again. I didn't see him when he looked bad, but they were saying he looked like he didn't need to be out there. Yeah, and then he won a round or two. Yeah, he. Um, so he he beat uh, Nishioka in the first round, and then beat Riley Opelka, taking out an American um, in the second round, four and four, and then. Uh, had a battle against um, American McDonald, Mackie McDonald, or Mac McDonald. Um, and that's the exact kind of match he doesn't want to play, probably, to 7-6 in the third. Right. Well, then McDonald goes out, wins the first set 6-3 in his uh, semifinal, and then <laughs> gets double bageled. And I don't know, I haven't seen anything. That's kind of like what he did here in, when Dow- the Dallas Challenger. Right. It wasn't that bad, but that's, it's making me wonder what's going on there. Uh-oh. That can't be nerves. Why not? I mean, you would think it'd be fatigue or I don't know. injury. Who knows? So uh, on the other side, Isner makes it to the semis 
and loses to that dirty Brit, uh, Dan Evans, <laughs> uh, who was a qualifier, by the way. So how about that? You want to talk about fatigue? Yeah. He goes from qualifying all the way through to the finals uh, and talk about fatigue, loses in a third set uh. breaker. Third set breaker, 9-7. Um, to who? To Radu Albo. Uh. Yeah, that's not the final that uh, you said was, that like you know who that is. I do. I've actually seen him play. He's got no serve whatsoever. But I watched him almost beat Isner one time because you don't need a serve to beat Isner. That's true. You <laughs> really don't. He uh, almost beat him, and I was like, "How is this guy on the tour with that serve?" And then he just lately, I've been seeing his name in a couple tournaments. It seems like this is not the first tournament this year I've seen his name. I think he's up in the top eighty or seventy now. So that's. Uh, so again, you know, if 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 we start seeing these tournaments sort of being a nice little petri dish for the next next gen to take on some next gen, get some experience, then it'll matter because then they're going to use that confidence, hopefully, to springboard them into more success in the Grand Slams, uh, you know, in the five hundreds and thousands, and hopefully more success against the next gen. Well, and. I agree with what you said. We talked about this of before. Imagine if Nadal played Rio and Djokovic played Delray Beach. Those tournaments would have sucked. <laughs> and and maybe. Some, would, some would say they suck now, but... Well, maybe they would have. It just depends, but... But, I mean, if Nadal rolled through everybody, including the final... But would he? So that's what I'm getting at. So now we're starting to see these next-next gens inch forward. Right. And they're going to have to play some of the big boys at some point. Yeah, I was actually going to make a... Uh-oh. Proclamation. Oh, bold prediction. That Nadal is not winning the French. Of course he's not winning the but, French. We had this discussion. It's a joker slam. Yeah, but he's still the... I bet he's still the odds-on favorite to win. Yeah, because Vegas knows <laughs> everybody is suckers. Vegas doesn't well, know who's going to win. They know who you think is going to okay, win. Okay, let me make it bolder then. He will lose... Before playing Djokovic. <laughs> oh, whoa. I'm saying. Is he, that because Federer's in the mix? He won't lose to Federer. <laughs> Federer will also lose before Djokovic. the final. Ay, um, I don't know. Although now the team has gotten crushed, who knows? I don't know who's left to beat it all. But I just think, like you're saying, these, there's a lot of players building confidence right now. And Nadal can't have much. So, yes, it, it is fair to say that I have been, and you, I've dragged you down with me, pretty, <laughs> pretty, years. well, I don't know. I don't know when I got so just overwhelmingly, overwhelmingly negative about it. It's been, it's been a, a, a slow build, but it's all in <laughs> now about the next gen. Well, I think the first thing that got you riled up was everybody discounting Sampras for Federer. Yes. And so then it just built from there. Yes. And and at one point in time, listen, I am a tennis genius. There's no <laughs> question about that. But at one point in time, and I don't remember where it was, when it was, what interview it was on, what shit, whatever, but Pete Sampras was either asked or it came up, you know, as a, indirectly as an answer, but he basically said that Federer is, doesn't have the same competition, that, that, that he's not playing in an era that's as deep yeah. as when Sampras played. And that's Sampras saying that. Now, you're in the Hall of Fame. You've been retired. 
and you're really out of the tennis limelight pretty much all together. Yeah. And he's not a limelight guy. It's not like his Agassi for Pete's yeah, sake, right? he's not out there campaigning. Right, so he, he said that and probably probably felt a little backlash from that whole notion and then didn't really say anything after <laughs> that again. But I... But that's not where it stems from in my mind. It stems from reality in my yeah. mind. Well, but, and let's just go on the record, too. You've never said that Federer is not the greatest of all time. Correct. Um, but you or Djokovic. You just said that. But I have said that about Nadal. To say the number of slams is the reason somebody's the greatest of all time is ridiculously easy to choose that as your reasoning. Yeah. It's a little, it's a little um, shallow. Not in the sense that slams don't matter, but shallow in the sense that there is so much more. And furthermore, if all a player does is make it about the slams, then maybe their record is shallow. (laughs) Well, and so believe it or not, somebody started this debate on Facebook this week in one of these tennis groups that I'm in. And guess who the first name, so he wrote a whole long post about, is it Federer and Dollar Djokovic? That's the only three possibilities he listed. Right. And guess who the first person that somebody brought up? Serena Williams. No. Sir, oh, okay. that's what I thought. What? Margaret Court. Oh. <laughs> I think, I'm not sure, but I do believe that is called trolling. And somebody said, Margaret Court won about 10 Australians with nobody else in the draw. That's why she has 24. Um, so they said they got to factor in a little bit with who people have to play. Well, I wish Serena just would win too. We could put that to bed. I do too. And then it's over. But that's um, the same reason we want Djokovic to win more than Federer because then we know for a fact that slams will no longer be the number one criteria when someone people don't want to be the greatest has right, more slams. Right. Then it'll be, oh, well, you know, Federer was number one more weeks or he's won more titles or yeah, they'll come up with something. So this next, the next next gen. So again, let me re-clarify. So Federer, Djokovic, Nadal, I mean, even maybe Murray, um, Warinka, Chilich, Delpo. Am I missing anybody? No, I don't think so. Okay, that's sort of the 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 big four. Even though there's more than four of them, right? Because you have the true big three, and then all of those combined equal a fourth. Yeah, so you that, wouldn't you wouldn't put Burdich or Ferrer in there. No, yeah. so so that's big four, but they're part of that era, right? So now the younger group coming behind that group supposedly being marketed and all the rest of it is the next gen right chorich dominic team david goffin it was sock but you can't take him out now because he sucks well i'm gonna let whoever came up with this next gen crap could be in that group is he too old maybe maybe i think he's in a bird range yeah uh, a little younger but whatever so yeah i'm taking sock out i'm letting everybody (laughs) who thought sock might be next gen off the hook well and you have zverev in that group right because he started a lot earlier yeah um no he's part of the next gen yeah that's what i'm talking about yeah 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 Yeah, he's with team and those guys even though team's a few years older Right. But you're saying it's not about the age. It's so, about when you got on tour and when you you know got to this level. Right. So then we have a group like Seats of Pass, FAA. Who else is part of the next next Shapovalov. gen? Shapovalov. Shapovalov. Um, uh, Hatchinoff. Yeah. Tiafo. I will put Jack Sock in there. <laughs> he's in the he's in the never gen. <laughs> <laughs> the lost gen. Oh, uh, my goodness. You mean the gen that lost? Right. 
But yeah, that's pretty much so all the guys I can think of. All right, so we have it. the big four, which means the big three plus any one of that age group that right. sort of had a grand slam during this period. The next gen, led by their their fearless leader or fearful leader, Sverev, and then the next next gen, Cesar Pass and the boys. Right. So I am excited. I am riveted by watching, even in these little tournaments, watching the next next gen come along because they're improving in results, they're improving in ability, confidence, and as they mature and start making better decisions on the court, now once they get into Grand Slams or if the big three, big four, decide maybe to grace our presence at a 500 every now and again, um, which is really pathetic that they don't I – mean, I don't even want to talk about it, yeah. but separate issue. But now we're going to start seeing those guys push, and the results of next-next-gen beating big four guys isn't the measure. Right. Now, it could be, but we start seeing the big four getting long in the tooth, and it sort of changes the argument, unfortunately. Well, and what should happen, what we've always said, is that if all these generations are relatively equal – then once these big four players start fading, as they already are, the next gen should be the ones that are winning everything right now. That's exactly it. And then for three or four years, they should win everything, and then the next next gen should start winning. But that's not been what's happening, even at the minor, the lower levels. It's been, there's been more guys in that, you know, lower range doing well, not so, so part doing of, better than, they, than the others. Right. So part of it is if next next gen starts competing against the big four, but again, it's a little bit swayed because theoretically the next gen, so the Zverevs, were competing against the big four when the big four were better. Right. Although they're still one, two, three. So <laughs> exactly. don't get me started. Although Federer's not, but whatever. But I think your argument is if you put the, let's pick the 10 best next next gen right now against the 10 best next gen Next five years, the next next gen are going to win more slams. I think so. Or be higher ranked or both. Well, when the big four retire, and that means the big three plus, I mean, Andy's pretty much retired, right. you know, but the rest of them, and Delpo is too pitiful. I say even if Nadal and Federer retire and Djokovic is still there, yeah. that should still count. Yeah. Because Djokovic it, could play five, six more years. But it, but it doesn't matter. We have an out even if, they, right. if they're gone because, again, the Tsitsipas group is going to leap over the Zverev group, yeah. and then I will have my answer. Now, right. nobody else is going to want to hear it, and I don't care. I'm satisfied <laughs> just being right. So that's why I've, we've got 27 men's tournaments in one week all over the globe. Right. And I'm excited about seeing them because now I've got – because none of these – because you're right. The big four, the big boys don't play. Right. And normally it's like big deal. Svera's going to win a match or a tournament. Team will win a tournament. Who cares? Yeah. Because it doesn't mean anything. It means something again. The 250s and these 500s that nobody plays, they mean something now. And they yeah. mean something – for the next next gen, nobody until, cares. Nobody's watching. Until Did you hear that, <laughs> Did do you I? hear that line? No. Nobody cares. Nobody's watching. That well, was the uh, Rod Woodson did that on the air this week for his that AAF football league. Oh god, he, he thought he was off air, and he said, "Doesn't matter. Nobody cares. Nobody's watching." And he wow. was actually being on. He was actually being shown at the time. So the um, what does AAF stand for? Something Alliance of American Football. That's the worst thing I've ever heard. Uh, they have not come up with a better. I know. Name. Uh, 
why not AFA American Football Association yes. Alliance? Either one, but yeah, they they caught him on the broadcast saying no, nobody cares. But the good thing is that's going to bring them more ink did, than anything right. else. Yeah, it was the, it was the only story about the AF all week. I I stumbled across it totally on accident and watched it for about four minutes and said. Ugh. I had plans to watch it, and then the second week, it wasn't even on the same time. I'm like, I thought the whole point was going to be it's on the same time and channel every week. I thought, okay, great. I'll watch one game a week, and then right. it'll keep me interested. And the next week, it went on. I'm like, okay, I well, mean, I'm going to search for it. We got to see Mike Singletary. I saw him on the <laughs> sideline coaching somebody, the you know, the 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 wheeling wizards. I don't know what. No, I'm just making up no. names. The names are awful. I think wizards is one of them. So anyway... Um, I don't know how you derailed me on the. <laughs> you just wanted to talk recorded football. That's your life. I just wanted to do that line, but I don't feel like that's the case with these tournaments because you, like you said, who doesn't want to see someone that's going to be big and up and coming? Well, the next gen has destroyed that for us because we've been hearing for ten years people are big and up and coming and they don't ever come. Right. So <laughs> I think uh, listen, our negativity or mine in more in particular might be off putting. I get it. It's off-putting for me that I have to talk about the same story on a podcast every week because these jokers can't win. But in the sense that it's it's grounded in reality, you know, I have to I have to continue to talk about it. But now we're starting to see this next next gen start hopefully start to separate itself this season. Yeah. Now again, are they going to get past the big four? I don't know if that's ever going to happen because of the age differential. Yeah. And at some point, <laughs> at some point, these guys can't be one through three. How old are you people? <laughs> well, the question is, are, is anybody going to pass them or are they just going to quit before they let that happen? I, mm, that's that. That's got to happen. Either they don't play events because they can't. Right. And they only save themselves up for one event a year so. <laughs> Every year they're going to trot out Fetter until he's 78 <laughs> to win Wimbledon. And then the same thing with um, Nadal. <laughs> now, if Federer wins a Grand Slam at 50, okay, can somebody please just come on? That's because he's the greatest. Honestly, coach. come on. Um, on one leg, please. Yeah, and I and I did get some flack in that post because I said that they somebody said, how could you not like Federer? And I said, I didn't say I don't like Federer, but I, I did lose a lot of respect for him when he – stopped playing clay and then somebody said well a lot of older players manage their schedule i said okay then why is he playing it this year you know it's he's learned he's realizing now that these guys are catching him and he's got to play them but i mean every player picking picked and choose the surface they want to play i mean sampras could have played five more years at wimbledon i'm sure he could have moved to england and practiced on grass 50 weeks a year and right. then played wimbledon every year for five years well here's another indicator Stanimal, Stan the man, is back. Yeah. If he ascends directly to the big four, again, I rest my case. I don't know if he played this week, but he had a good week last right. week. exactly. And so, fair enough, he sits out a week. He, you know, he's coming back uh, from injury, so... Well, look at Delpo comes back and can barely walk, and he makes the quarters. <laughs> uh, and he was one tiebreak away from being the semis. Right. Um... Yeah, and don't get me wrong, Mackie McDonald is not the future, so he's not part of any generation, yeah. you know, uh, the sock generation. Somebody told me it was excited to watch the future of American I said, who's that? I said, the only person that's in that category right now at all is Tiafo. Right. And I have a lot of doubts about that myself. Yeah. He lost first round to uh, somebody. But, uh, yeah, I just don't. 
I don't even see a next gen or next next gen for Americans right now in the in the men's. No, which which I can live with if there's some depth in men's tennis. Yeah, I, I can. You know, I mean, you know, you take. I've got no problem being an FAA fan. Uh, Felix Auger Aliassime. Right. Yeah, baby. Nice. That was good. Nailed it. <laughs> uh, I don't mind being a fan of his. Because uh, he's he's got such a good game so far, you know, it's developing, but it's a pretty good all court game. Um, and Caesar Pass has a great all around game. Um, he's a lot of fun to watch. Those guys are really fun to watch. Big banger, you know, big old wind up and just cracks his forehands. Um, and he's you know, and they they look like different players. I mean, Caesar Pass is a big lumbering, you know, he's kind of gangly looking right. sort of. Well, and are we jumping the gun on those guys that? Are they having success just because the scouting report's not out on all of them yet? And then once they get in the grind of the tour and people start to figure out, will they drop down to earth like all the other next gens? Uh, I don't know. Well, where does it come from? Neck up. We'll find out. Yeah. We'll find out. I mean, everybody can hit a forehand in this, you know, in this, uh, on the tour. Everybody can hit a backhand. Not everybody can hit volleys, but that's a separate issue. <laughs> not anybody can. <laughs> right. Well, CC Plus already, they already said he was the youngest grand slam semifinalist since like 2007 uh-oh oh so i mean that's got to tell you something compared to the previous generation that he was able and he beat one of the big four to get there too that was the other thing it wasn't just that he right got there by luck draw lucky draw and you know he earned it we're just getting proven right tournament by tournament week by week it's coming true and damn it somebody better realize it <laughs> so that's the men and i've got renewed excitement until i'm you know hopefully not let down but <laughs> i think that was what i took away from all these tournaments is uh is hey the future might be right now for these guys and they're going to leapfrog our vaunted next gen and maybe the atp won't be so quick to crown them yeah and you know it's easy to get excited about a you know Algier aliasim final with uh even though his opponent was relatively unknown, because at least you saw you see him as an up and comer. Right. It's hard to get excited about an Evans Albot final. <laughs> True. Because I don't think either of them are going to be making waves anytime soon. So that's the only downside that when the tournament ends with that, it's kind of goes out with a whimper. I'd rather see. I'd be fine with seeing that, like Evans Isner as a final would have been fine because that would have been you know a top player versus a comeback player right. or whatever. But to have two pretty unknown players. That does lose a little bit of luster for the well, tournament. Well, of course, unknown to us. Uh, right. Who knows how people around the world feel about it. But, hey, that's what we're concerned about is American tennis. We don't care about your other dumb countries. <laughs> well, and Evans has got a, is probably the number two British player now. Sadly. Behind yeah. Edmund. I mean, Norrie's in the mix. You know? That's true. They're probably close, close in ranking. So, well, that's the men. And like I said, I, I hate to be optimistic on this podcast. <laughs> I apologize profusely to yeah, anybody out there. Yeah, character this week. But, you know... Um, looking at that next next gen, that's our hope. Um, and again, no Americans in it, really. I I mean, I don't see any high hopes for any I Americans. Really don't. Not yet. There's a 14 year old out there somewhere. I'm sure. Right. That's going to be the next American hopeful. Um, what and listen, may, again, if we had eight guys in the top 40, and Tiafo was like always in the 20s. That would add some great depth, and that'd be like, wow, right? That's you know, it's jacked up forehand. Is <laughs> a lot to, leaves a lot to be desired, and uh, you know, whatever. But, but if he's in their twenties, he's making you know a grand sum quarter once a year, maybe, yeah. and he's. So where do you see 
if you had to go in the future for the next five years, what do you see Opelka's highest rating ranking being? Ooh, oh man. He just won a tournament. He did decently here. He's so big and dumb. What is I mean, the, not dumb. I don't mean dumb like he's not smart. What but is, just like big, you know, like big lumbering. In other words, why can't he get to a top 10 like Isner? Isner, right. Um, and he beat Isner, so, but that's, sure not saying, but that's not saying much. 7, 6, 6, 7, 7, 6, right. 6, 7, 7, 7, 7. I think it was best of 22, <laughs> 21 sets. Isner's actually gotten, has got to have a higher percentage of breaking serve than he does. Uh, he doesn't break as yeah. often as Isner. Isner doesn't break hardly at all, but. Yeah. So well, I mean, listen, that'd be my concern. Here's the thing. I mean, he's always got a puncher's chance because of that. He's ginormous, and the yeah. angle of that serve coming in is so ridiculous. Um, I mean, he's an inch taller, right? Yeah. He's 6'11". Yeah. Good Lord. And, you know, Karlovich never got inside the top 20, I don't think, even though he had you know as good a serve as Isner. In doubles he did, right. But so it makes me wonder, like, what, now, I think he had a little bit of nerves issues. Had sometimes closing out matches, but yeah, it makes me wonder like what the ceiling is for Opelka. Certainly, don't see him as a top five player or top ten. I, I no, and I'll be honest with you. It it maybe it's um, what do you call it? Uh, height bias yeah. in my anti. I don't know because, but it, for exactly that reason, is yes, he's got that serve, but please. Um, get one ball back to him if you want to beat him. <laughs> right. that's, you know what I mean? It's yeah. like, look. Um, so When you have such a you have a game that's predicated on fast service too, you're pretty much out for the clay season to have any shot. Um, and so then you've got to do what Isner does, which is play only like the American heart. They showed Isner's record in America. Uh, yeah, I Did saw that. See that. I saw that. And it was some crazy. It was like, he was like 500 away from America. And then, I think he was like, 33 and 31. Yeah, and then in America, he was like maybe 75, 80%. Right. Um, which, again, what the, the real reason behind that stat was hard court versus probably not. Hard court and smaller tournaments because yeah. we don't have a lot right. of big, big terms. Um, yeah, so Evo, his um, highest ranking is 44 in 06. So you were really? Spot. That was it? Oh, I, I, thought he's, I thought he was better than that. Yeah. Spot um, on. Yeah, sir. and see, he's got no, I'm sorry. Career high number 14. I was going to say that 14 was for some reason. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, so he was top 20. As I remember him being seated in some slams for a while. Yeah, yeah. But again, he had like a very identifiable game. He would serve and try to get in. Opelka, to me, just right now has serve, and it's like I'm not sure what the strategy is beyond that. Yeah, the same thing with, with uh, Isner. I mean, he yeah. should be getting to the net at all costs. Right. At all costs. But... I mean, listen, he's a top, he, he made it to the top 10. So, and stayed there, you know, who are we to, amount of time. Who are we to argue, obviously? Yeah. So he had a little bit more than just the serve, but, you know, I think the same limitations for Opelka apply that they do to those big guys is they just can't move and they can't last. Yeah. And I guess the only other next gen that we kind of forgot about probably, or next next gen is be Taylor Fritz, but he's got a long way to go. Yeah. He would I, he would be classified age wise in the next well, next he, gen. And, and, well, yeah, and anyone below that age, next next gen yeah, counts. So right. it's really anyone because the the key is the next gen. That's the dead generation, yeah. the lost generation. So, all right, who cares about men's tennis? Well, <laughs> I do again. Finally, honestly, <laughs> see, we say that on air. We don't wait till we think we're off air. We just say nobody's listening. Nobody cares. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Rod, by the way, 
all-time great Steeler, <laughs> but won his only Super Bowl with um, the Ravens, unfortunately. Yeah, and now you see what he's doing with his life. Yeah, it's pitiful, isn't it? <laughs> so he should have never left the Steelers. That's right. All right, well, let's talk about tennis that really matters. Tennis is really exciting, and that's women's tennis. We'll do that when we come back. It's time to join the revolution. Go to our website, tennisrevolutionpodcast.com, to get the latest episodes, email us your questions and comments, or give us show ideas. All right. We're, we don't lie. We're not making this up. We're not pandering. <laughs> this is for real. We like the women's uh, game, current state of the women's game, better than the current state of the men's game. And we start with the men's just because we like to end on a positive to get note. get it out of the way. <laughs> yeah. And talk about this garbage. But like I said, I think renewed enthusiasm. I'm excited, honestly. I'm really excited about this season because of that. Well, it's and it's crazy. That's one thing I have not been able to figure out why the women's tour is able to consistently get the top players to play every tournament and the men's tour can't. Because, I mean, again, Kvitova played against, she's played every yeah, week know. this year. Like, how is she still standing? Now, maybe she's just got some renewed life and, like, you know, she's almost, just happy to be out there. Almost had it taken away, so I'm playing anywhere, anytime. I mean, she's going to be number one just because of how much she's going to be like Davidenko <laughs> right. when he was top three, just plays every week. Nikolai Davidenko. <laughs> um, I think he's still playing now. No, but yeah, she's, I don't know how she's still doing it. Now she does play short points, but still. Boy, did she play some short points in, in the, uh, <laughs> it's funny because, and I've had this, not theory, I guess, is, but you know, we had that generation, that, that period of time people thought, oh wow, men's tennis is just bang, bang, you know, cause the power has yeah. exceeded the physical ability to catch up to the power. And now we have the epitome of the opposite of that with somebody like Djokovic, right. who can hit as hard as he can, but can cover every cor- both corners equally well, and he's on balance every time he hits a ball. It's really disgusting. <laughs> um, yeah, that was such a short-lived kind of... It was like everybody talked, thought tennis was going to be ruined, or it was going to be power tennis, right. and then it was like... Then the top four players are like defensive baseline players for the most part. I wouldn't say defensive, but right. able to play defense on the baseline. Right. But now you see to some degree that is a feature of some women's tennis now and some high-level women's tennis. Yeah. I mean, obviously you have the opposite with like Halep, uh, Wozniacki, but you, you do have big bangers. You know, somebody like Serena is a mix of both. Yeah. But, but yeah, Osaka and Kvitova are definitely, you know, bangers. They're not really trying to right, rally. Right. And it's funny, usually that wouldn't you say that style of play typically doesn't lend itself to getting to number one, but it you'll see a lot of players in the five to 20 range sure. that play like that. But on the women's side right now in particular, um, the the physical ability of the women to hit big, both with equipment and their, their physical ability, is or can exceed their physical ability to cover the court. And that's not sexist. Don't get started with me. But the <laughs> average height of the woman on tour, the average height of a man on tour, guess what? The court is the same distance, side <laughs> to side, the same distance from the net to the baseline. Yeah. So you have someone who is smaller and not as fast or not as quick having to cover the same court. Right. So 
just by the nature of those facts, the power can get ahead of the women like it started to on the men's back in the 90s. And I, I think certainly you take somebody like Wozniacki, she can cover the court side to side. So you have women that can do that. And then you have women like um, you know Halep also. And then you have the Kvitovas can, that can punish the ball. And then now you have the you know somebody like Sloan who can do both. Right. And I think eventually those players that can do both are going to rise on the women's side. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, those are the players that have the most success. If you just have one way to play, I mean, even Sharapova, as good as she was, she was never a consistent number one, but she really just had one way to play. And Kvitova, same thing. What, she, pretty? <laughs> sorry, sorry. She Kvitova has one way to play, and if she's on, good luck against her, but if she's off, she's out in the first round. Yeah, and uh, dude, I mean, in that final against Benchich, it was... It was <laughs> It did for some reason. I think because with the men back in the '90s, it was really so heavy dictated with the serve, the the additional height, the broad, the the dramatically more strength in the shoulders. That's just another. Bio, I apologize for biology, but <laughs> it just is. And so the serve just got so big, and and they couldn't catch up. But on the women's side, that's not the case. But the returns are what sort of make games not exciting sometimes. Yeah. It's like, bam, bam, bam. Well, and yeah. this week, you know, last week I said every time I turned on the TV it was Halep. This week, every time I turned on it was Benchich. It was like every match she played was a marathon and every match she played was always on TV. I kind of got hooked from the first day because that was the match she saved six match points against Sabalenka. And I just kept watching thinking, okay, there's no way she can win this. There's no way she can win that. She's down a game again. Like, And then she just kept coming back. Yeah. And, and she did that. I didn't get to see as much of her later in the week, but I was reading, and it was the same kind of outcome every match. Right. Down. Well, think, think about the men's tournament where team, then one seed loses in the first round. Yeah. Well, we've got Osaka losing her first match in Dubai. And, you know, she, so her first round, the, the first round uh, was a bye. Yeah, her first match is the number one player in the world. So her first match uh, in the second round was against Kiki Mladenovic, who would have guessed. And she, she had like a twelve match losing streak. Yeah, last year at some point, and and she wins three and three. <laughs> and guess what? It didn't affect me at all in regards to this draw. It didn't bother right. me a bit. I mean, don't You're get not me like, wrong. Oh, the tournament's ruined now. Don't get me wrong. I am a fan of Osaka, and I am a fan of players that can put balls away. That's enjoyable to watch. You know. Um, because nothing is less exciting to me than like a Wozniak and Hallett match. Right. You know? Um, 20 ball rallies and... 40 ball rallies. <laughs> so it, it's good to have other players to kind of have a uh, have some contrast. But yeah, so Mladenovic winning, uh, beating Osaka, taking the one seed out of the tournament. I mean, yeah, I was like, oh, that's too bad because I'd like to see if she can build on that success yeah. that she's had, blah, blah, blah. But uh, But yeah, it didn't affect me overall. Well, it's um, like the old Tiger Woods era. If he missed the cut in a tournament, a lot of people aren't watching day three or day four. Right. And we have that a little bit of the men's now. If, you know, Dahl loses in the French, that's going to lose a lot of interest. I don't think the women's has that. I mean, maybe Serena, I mean, that's going to lose a lot if she were to lose. But I don't think anybody else, you still know there's going to be a ton of players you're interested in seeing. Yeah, and maybe, maybe, the, maybe the casual, maybe we're not putting ourselves in the casual fan's place. And fair enough, I can't. But... From my perspective, a quote-unquote educated fan, um, 
uh, you know, it doesn't bother me one bit. I mean, Halep loses to Benchich. Big deal. Right. You know, um, you know, Kerber goes down. Uh, Pliskova goes down. You know, I, Sabalenka goes down. I don't care. I mean, that's all still names. Oh, oh wait. What about Svitolina? Oh, she's still in. <laughs> Um, you know, and then she lost to Benchich, right? And then Kavitova, you know, Kavitova had a three-setter against uh, Shui Shui. What's her name? Yeah, how do you hung, say her hung name? Shui. Suwei Shui. Suwei Shui. Shui. Say hey. Hung Shui. I think that was a Fernet the uh, interior design. Method. There we go. Um, Feng Shui. Yeah, you but know, no, so, she. That was uh, well. The thing we've talked about that we hate too is when a big player goes out, and then immediately the player that beats him goes out the next round. So that was what was cool about Bench. She was beating somebody, and it's like, oh, well, she can't back it up the next round. I'm sure she's going to be exhausted. And it's like, oh, well, she won again. She won't do that again. And she just kept doing it. So it made you want to follow her in the draw, like just to see if she could keep beating people. So I thought that it's sort of like in the NCAA tournament when an under un, lower-seeded or lower-ranked team beats somebody. It's like, well, well, they're going to come down to earth in the next match. And by the, the way, uh, don't let this undercut how much I do like the women's <laughs> game more now right now than the men's. Um, but I demand equality. <laughs> In what way? Well, Dubai, the prize money is 2.8 for the women. <laughs> 1.9 for the men uh. in the 500. I will not stand for it. This has got to stop. Are they both this? Are they both? Same week. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what, you know, whatever. <laughs> I'm just making the same dumb argument people make right. when they compare two two tournaments that aren't even at the same place. I can get how people misunderstand when the tournament's at the same place, like Acapulco, right? Coming up this week. Not to get ahead of ourselves, it's it's a men and women's event. Yeah, but when they're not even at the same venue, let it go. <laughs> it doesn't mean anything. Right. It's not. Never mind. Inequality. Come on, let it go. So. um yeah, so now that was a premier event. So that was a you know good solid you know. Then we had a smaller in Hungary. You ever been to Budapest? No, I have not. Oh, why not? <laughs> uh, so yeah, so we had a smaller tournament, a little two fifty, two hundred fifty grand for the old uh, prize money. Um, and what do they call it? I I really should learn these things. What is this? An international event? <laughs> Aha! Yeah, we read it. That we read what those were last week. But. Yeah, we did, but. We forget. It didn't clarify. It's really. too yeah. It's too much. It's too much. So we had some players here that still make this draw interesting. I think I could be crazy. <laughs> so the two seed Flipkins is out. So a lucky loser goes in, loses first round. So that was a non-event. Um, Vonda Rusova makes it to the finals against Van Utvank. I actually like the way she plays. Uh, me too. Uh, I just wish I knew. I paid attention. I could uh, pronounce her name. <laughs> but Petkovic was in that mat in that tournament. Um, lost her second round. Um, but yeah, so uh, just even a two fifty, which is like the lowest you can have. I think. Yeah, that's not a challenger. Or yeah, a it's the low, lowest WTA event you can have. There's still some level of interest and uh, and some players that. You're like, okay, cool. Right. I, I won't turn that. Well, yeah, and by the time I got to the final, I'm not going to lie, I wasn't that interested, but like you said, there are names in the draw that I would have been interested in watching. It just didn't work out in this case. Yeah, as final. you as you pop pop the TV on and you're looking, you're like, oh, okay, yeah, I can watch that match. Right. Um, but... Uh, well, and again, having that 
as not the only tournament to show is great because then when the other tournament's in a lull or there's just a match non-competitive, they at least have that to go to. That's what I like about it. Right. For TV, I think it's great to have many tournaments going on at once. I think for the a system of ranking, it doesn't make sense. You know, to have, I think it's like you said, it should, the season should start with a couple 250s, then a couple 500s, then a thousand, then a week off, and then a slam. Yeah. And you know, and that's your that's your eight weeks right there, and then you got four eight week seasons, and that's thirty two weeks, and then we're off the rest of the year, or maybe you know that's when you do all your team nonsense and all that, <laughs> your labor cups right. and all that garbage. So in any event, um, literally. <laughs> so yeah, so we had three men's events, two women's events, and and the women's event by far was the best. The Dubai draw and and the results and the matches i think overall were the best for sure uh but i did again we've talked about how you hate having matches on at the same time but for some reason i i liked it <laughs> this time i don't know I, well i think like i said i don't mind it for tv because then you can you can they can ping pong back to the which one's better right they you, don't always do that which you just annoying. don't think it makes sense to have no right because there's no rhyme or reason to it right yeah well, like you said, we got, you know, back to clay court, a hard court next week, and then clay court. And Well, here's the thing. You know, we talked about, I don't know if it was last week or the week before, we talked about how golf has no discernible schedule either. Right. And matter of fact, they take half of their toys and go home. The American or North American, I don't know who, because Roy McElroy's over here. He's not American. <laughs> right. Um, you know, you, so you have the European tour. And you have the American tour or the North and whatever the hell it's called. Yeah. And it's all the same. Right. And then they just reconvene at certain tournaments. The yeah. Masters, you know, whatever, the the Grand Slams and, and all that. I don't that. even know if their tournament, outside of the majors, I don't even know if their tournaments have like tiers. I think it's just all about well, hold on. how much money they can So raise. that to me is the equivalent of what you're saying. You've got all these tournaments all over the world. Right. And you've got the top players spread all out. But yeah. it doesn't matter because it doesn't matter. You're not playing head to head. Right. It's not like they're fighting each other at the tee box and whoever, yeah. you know, wins gets tee off first. I mean, it's just, you're playing the course and your scores, you know, they're not head to head against anybody. I mean, you win the tournament, but it's how you do against each course. Right. Whereas tennis, you have to have the players there or it's a crap tournament. Right. Which we see a lot. Well, yeah, it's sort of like. It'd be sort of like at the end of golf if they didn't put the, the three people in the lead together in a group. Like, I feel like we have three right. winners at the end of every week, and it's like, well, we have three players that didn't ever play each other, so we really don't know who had the best week or who. Well, I mean less than that. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point, too. But I mean less than that. It's just having all these tournaments. Yeah, you know, that's a good that's a good analogy. But, but golf just doesn't need that. I mean, yeah. we could play the entire tennis season in one building. Yeah. Literally, 52 <laughs> weeks in one building. What yeah. does it matter? Right. We could have three courts. We could have one hard court, one grass court, <laughs> and one red clay court all in one building, and we play the entire hard court season on one court, and then we stop, and then we start over and play yeah. on the other two courts. So it doesn't matter. It's the players that have to be there. Right. So that's, I think, that you know what? I'll, I'll say this. If the women's events didn't happen – Maybe I would have been less excited about the two. Maybe the, right. the depth of the women and adding that to the overall, so there's five total tournaments, maybe that's what's got me in my head thinking <laughs> that it was worth it. Because you take the women's tournament out, it, just, it does take a lot away from it. Yeah. Well, how cool would it be? I actually think this would be kind of cool if they had a North American tennis circuit 
and a European tennis circuit and an Asian, you know, Eastern tennis circuit. And you don't see anybody cross over except in either the masters or the slams. Cause that's like you said, it's basically what golf does. Yeah. But that goes exactly against what I just said. No, I know it would be, it would be awful. It would be weird. The only benefit. I thought we had a disagreement for a minute. I thought you were going to sell it and really get behind it so I could argue. Well, I think I, I think I would like it just because it would give us. Well, here's what would happen: you would get a total false insecurity on who's good, <laughs> or you would have a full sense of security on who in that group was at the top, right? And then you you'd have the other zones. Well, because we our top four in North America could be you know Isner. Shapovalov, Raonic, and Tiafo, And they only are playing each other for four or five, six weeks, so we don't really know how good they are. And then same thing, you've got... That's you, the worst idea of <laughs> But sell it, because I want to make fun of you. Well, we, yeah, we and so you got disagree. those... The problem is, I don't know how golf does their world ranking. Like, I don't know how they it's weird. credit their it, points. They don't have... Well... Yeah, I tried to talk to my golf coach about this. Not my coach, the coach <laughs> at my school. Yeah. Um, and it's a really weird deal because, first of all, just like straight-up rankings, like how you get into a tournament, it's not based on points. It's based on money. Oh, really? So the top 124 people on the money list get into the Grand Slam tournament. Okay. And then there's also, you know, Tiger Woods, until he's 115, right. he will have an exemption to get yeah. into – Every turn, I knew for the slams they have like a long. There's like a lot of years. I think it's a. I think it might be all the tournaments the are slams, like that. Yeah, I'm saying slams, but you know what I mean. Well, I think they're the same thing. The big four, the yeah. majors, the, probably the majors. So to me, you know, again, it doesn't matter in terms of who's playing each other in golf. Yeah, you just want to see Tiger at Pebble Beach. You want to see right. Phil Mickelson at Pebble Beach. You want to see how they battle against the course. And for us, I don't care what court. Well, I mean, clay versus. But again, we could run the entire clay season all at the French Open. Right. All of it. Yeah. You could run 19 different tournaments in a row all on clay. And then the same thing in the hard court. But you have to have the players together. So by separating them, you make American tennis really expose itself for what it is. Crap. Well, and I'm not (laughs) advocating this system. I think it would make the only benefit to it would be would make the big tournaments even better. But we have the opposite problem. <laughs> the yes. big tournaments are already great, right? We this need would, the lower tournaments be better. This would be worse. Yeah, it would make the it would make the overall tennis landscape worse. Well, what would make tennis better would be to do what we've talked about, where we have the se- each season based on the surface, right? And so, and these are ma- everybody's got to play these events. Yeah, no offense to America, we grew up on hard court. No one should be allowed to play on hard court right now for the next two months. Right. Because that it should all be clay and that's it. Right. And if you can't win on clay, well, sorry, then you shouldn't have got into tennis where half, half the season's on clay. <laughs> um, Roger. <laughs> talking to you, Roger. That's right. Yeah, and again, and we're talking about that. Guys can literally, they cannot, somebody could be top five in the world and never play a clay court. And we saw that with Federer. He was number one without playing a clay court match. That should not be possible. Right, ever. Um, you know, it, it shouldn't, no matter what you're doing, you shouldn't be able to do that. So I think that's a problem when you've got somebody that can just stay. Like Isner will play, probably play 25 hardcore tournaments this year. He'll probably play three on clay. Right. Um, and so that's that's a flaw in the ranking system is that he gets ranked as high as someone who's might play 50% on hard and 50% on clay. Yeah. 
So the only benefit to these smaller tournaments that are all you know spread out, I mean, they're basically running the golf system here because you don't have enough players to make a draw fantastic right. yet. The excitement of the next next gen only takes me so far because at some point they have to play the other gens, right? The big four, the gen, the next gen, etc. And you know, so hopefully that'll be coming up. So we've got a five hundred in Acapulco for the men with Nadal's, Nadal's return. Nadal's the one, and Zverev, I guess, uh, is trying to mirror Nadal's uh, season. He wants a piece of because <laughs> he's the two. Um, he won't make it to the final. The three, this is not good. The three's Isner. Wow, so uh, he is going to play clay. Yeah. Just contradict me. Good for him. Tiafo's in there. He's the six. Schwartzman's the four. Alex Diemenauer, next, next gen, uh, is the five. Uh, yeah, ten, we forgot about him. Tennis Sandgren playing <laughs> wild card. I don't know how this is possible, folks. Ladies and gentlemen, Curious. David Ferrer is <laughs> still not retired. <laughs> Oh, oh, Ferrer will win that match. Oh, man, I hope so. So Nick Kyrgios, is, uh, he'll play Nadal's second round if uh, he gets past Seppi, which I'm dubious of that. I was going to say, he could lose that. Now Stan, unseated, plays a qualifier in his first round, and he'll play Stevie Johnson if he makes it out of his How first round. How is he round. still unseated? <laughs> who, Wawrinka? Yeah. I, who knows, because he's been out for so long. Yeah. But you never got to the... Initial question at the start of that whole topic was what? How do the women's? How does the women's tour get all these people to play, and oh, the men's tour can't? I don't know. So I guess that's the that's the strength of the women. Uh, but you can't say fatigue. Raising, they're all playing two out of three. Yeah, raising money and promoting is not their strength. Right. So the men are taking a load of crap and make and shining up and making it look great, even though they got nothing. And the women have everything and can't make it look like anything. Well, I was going to say, is it because the women need them? Is the bulk of the women's money come from prize money, whereas the men get oh yeah money from endorsements? Oh, of course, sexism <laughs> and um, well, no. but I mean, who do you think makes up? I'll, I'll ask that. Who do you think makes more endorsements, Del Potro or Halep? Oh, sure, Delpo. You think? Yeah, and who packs the court more, Delpo? Yeah, but I mean, that's that's a disparity when he's seven in the world and she's consistently one two in the world. Yeah. But, I mean, that could be why they're playing the tournaments. The men may think, the top men may already be getting their money elsewhere. Maybe. They don't need to be out there. Or there is no clear number one, and everybody's always – maybe it matters more. Yeah. Federer and them the guys, they don't seem to care about the rankings. They just right. can't not be top three. For some, they try and try, as they might. They can't not be the top, you know, whatever. But uh, maybe, the women, maybe it's because the women are all battling. Nobody can take a week off because if they do, boom. That would be something interesting if the tours came up with some, you know, bonus for being number one. If it was a hundred thousand dollars a week, every week you're number one or fifty thousand, that would be interesting. I mean, now Federer and them don't need that, but ten years ago that would have been a motivator. Yeah, that's the problem with anything revolving around money is it just doesn't matter. Right? They don't. That Federer is not playing anything for the money ever again. Right. And that's why he was able to skip the that, that is, I will say, one thing that is cool about golf, that the money list, now typically the money list is also your point list. Right. You know, it, it, it parallels, I'm sure, but still, just kind of a cool twist that the money you've earned on the, on you know, playing in, in the tour, PGA Tour, whatever it's called, dictates the ranking, basically. Well, what's interesting about that is, 
Well, I guess it's still the same as tennis. You win the Australian and don't play for six more weeks, you're still going to have more money and more points than anybody else. All the 250s right. in between, yeah. So I guess that's similar. Well, what have we done? Have we done enough on men's yet? Never. Well, <laughs> well, again, I think now my uh, I'm put to the test. So the next next gen is now coming into a, a group of tournaments, um, or at least one, Acapulco, where um, where Nadal is going to be in it, and that means a lot theoretically. Right. Theoretically, so now you've got so now you've got Dubai, which for the men another five hundred. Nishikori is the one seed, and Federer is the two. Oh, so Federer's back this yeah, week. Yeah, and now you've got catching off. Or hatching off, you got Chorich. Um, Sitsa passes in that draw. Is that Clay? No. Yeah, because he's not coming to Clay till Madrid, I think. Right. So, um, so now you've got potentially some of the next next gen running into the next gen. It'll be very interesting to see. For instance, if Key makes it past the mighty frosted tips of Benoit Pair. <laughs> You're, um, you're the only person that cares about him. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. <laughs> at all. But that's going to be two big tournaments on TV. I hope so, yeah. And it's got exactly what we want. It's got Big Four. Right. And Next Next Gen. And the poor Next Gen is just going to get beaten and battered in between right. the two, I think. So Novak's not playing either. I haven't seen him. Yeah. I haven't seen him. Why would he? Why would he? But no, we got talking about men's again. But to me, the women's, the reason we're talking about the men's, the women's tour, we think is fine. Every tournament's dramatic. It's exciting. Top players. We know every week there's going to be top players playing. I mean, Kvitova might be playing again this week. Well, the women's draw. So now, so the women's draw for the Acapulco, which is the same time as the men. Men's is a 500. And oh, Lordy, it's a 250 (laughs) on the women's. But you got Sloan at one. And DC baby Daniel Collins oh. at two uh, the two seed, and so hopefully they can uh, do some damage. I think Sloan, yes, she won a Grand Slam, but still, it seems to me untapped potential is what I say because she has everything. Right, she's got everything: offense, defense, special teams. <laughs> kicking game is on point. Um, um, so that's the biggest women's event this week. Uh, so we got uh, that's Acapulco two fifty and yes. So that'll be a week an off week for a lot of those players. Finally, right? But it's still a good one because again, they sort of flip flop. Like Daniel Collins and and Sloan took some time off. Yeah, and we get our we get to see some. Of but our we American get our players get our fix of some good players though. Um, and you know, travel wise is not too bad for the Americans. Right. Well, and I think. They probably both flamed out early and we didn't hear their names in the last tournament or two and that's why they're available for this. Or maybe they planned it that way, who knows. Yeah, but uh, another American in is Sophia Kennan. Yeah. So she's the five. So I think I don't think she's going to have the staying power just because of her size. Yeah, and somebody said I was really down on Keys on one of these episodes and I, my problem with Madison Keys is that I have yet to see her beat a really consistent baseline player and you're not going to win a slam without beating somebody like that without beating a Wozniak right. or a Halep or you know somebody that's just going to grind it out because that I mean that's just what you've got to do you can't overpower somebody like that or she hasn't been able to well so far. you can you just have to be a little more patient to do it right and that's something she certainly seems to not be and you have to be super on 
seven matches in a row. Well, see, that's why Sloan, I think, has has unlimited potential is because she does have both. She's got the potential, but she can finish. Yeah, and she can just, if she decides she wants to just rally and grind it out, she can. Yeah, I've Key, not seen Keys being able Keys to do that. Keys can, obviously. I mean, she's a professional She had player, to have done that at some point. But she just doesn't. Right, and juniors, there's no way she wasn't able to grind out matches because that's all there are in juniors is <laughs> yeah. grinders. So... Yeah, but anyway, so it's a small, small, uh, uh, shorter, lesser, whatever week for the women, um, not because of um, you know inequality, pay, <laughs> the pay gap, but just because that's what the WTA decided to do on their own accord. Yeah. Um, so hopefully, uh, we'll still have some women's to talk about. Well, and we're not too far away from probably the second favorite American tournament besides U.S. Open, which is Indian Wells. That is always a really big thing. I never seem to get that into it. It always just starts like unexpectedly. Yeah. It's like <laughs> yeah. It starts and then all, well, it starts like on a Tuesday or Wednesday. It's kind of weird. I, I got somebody else emailed me about why do all the big players play doubles in that? And I still don't know. We got to get Isner in here. We looked up something. I think it's just become a tradition at this point. I do think Maybe. the prize money is higher for doubles there, but we've already established they don't care about that. Yeah, like Federer's not playing for the prize money right. at all, or so I think it's just the the fact that maybe that's because it's like a twelve day tournament. They don't feel like they're stretched too thin by having to play twice in one could day be. or whatever. Could be which which we could do with all the tournaments, right? If we set up our schedule the way we want to, exactly. Australian Open starts at the beginning of December, <laughs> or the series. I mean, so. right? All right. Any you got any corner? Does is there a corner somewhere in the corner of your mind? <laughs> the corner has been dissolved for now. All right. Yeah. I'll stop asking about the corner. Then I'll bring one next week. <laughs> and we'll skip it. That's right. All right. Well, I think uh I think today was a good pod. Thank a you. Good pod. Not no, not you. <laughs> I did fine. You were okay. I try. You you broadcast today better than you play. I was gonna so say, am something. I better on court or in the studio? Studio. That's a tough choice. Studio, leave your racket <laughs> outside. That's the only way I get you to give me a compliment in the studio is when I juxtapose <laughs> it with my game. <laughs> it was a sight to behold today i must say um i got we had team practice today and so we finished before you finished so you went from watching active college players to an inactive <laughs> former college player <laughs> nah i couldn't tell the difference that's i didn't it. know which i didn't know where uh, my team began and that's right you uh ended I'm sure over. there was a lot of one-handed slice backhands in oh, that yeah. team practice oh yeah <laughs> i will say the best part of your game old man jokes did i give the old did i give like the standard oh yeah that nobody like gives you any oh yeah had no uh, chance to get that one to. or you know I, I can't think of any you've got you use about 12 of them no you're totally i've got so many of those from teaching and it's just like they just come out yeah it's pitiful we used to have this uh guy that i played with and there was always we li- played next to this tr- this tree this is a terrible corner don't even call this a corner but you know we call them horse apples in texas i'm sure they're called something else but there was a tree, and every time we played, he would say, there's a third ball, and he'd point at one of those horse apples, and it would just I would like give a chuckle every time, and I'm like, why am I laughing at that? <laughs> it's the same, and now I'm that guy that's just like, yeah, it's like you said. Oh, man. And I just, and I, they don't, it just glosses over. They don't even acknowledge it. They don't. <laughs> I, I did, though. I thought, I, I caught onto it immediately and said, wow, how did, how did within a span of one week, did you become older than me? <laughs> 
Yeah, as long as my wife is on the sidelines laughing, and for the most part, she still is, either laughing or shaking her head, one of the two. Hey, you're still married. I still get a reaction one way or the other. That's what I go for. That's it. All right. Well, enough about us. Nobody cares about (laughs) us. That's right. Nobody's listening. Nobody cares. (laughs) Rod Woodson. (laughs) We got to get that clip for next week. So now, as you know, maybe, but I'll tell everybody again, we're on YouTube. I don't know what that means. Just go find it. I have no (laughs) idea. Um, Not video. Not video. We don't. We're not that sophisticated, but no. we're on YouTube. We're on every podcast app you can believe. But just Google us. Download. And the number one thing: subscribe. For the love of Pete, subscribe. Just hit the button. You never have to worry about it again. As a matter right. of fact, you never have to listen again. You can set it to. <laughs> you can set it to automatically download. Right. And then automatically delete. Done. Problem yeah. solved. We get the benefit of you being a subscriber and you get the benefit of not having to listen. Right. I think it's a win-win. I like it. Do that. Now, Instagram, check us out on Insta for no reason. <laughs> no reason whatsoever. I do not send pictures. Yeah. Want to see pictures of me playing? Don't go there. Not yes. Gonna happen. Believe me. That will not be the first. <laughs> if I ever break the code here, that will not be the first picture. Black and white photos. So Tennis Revolution Pod at Instagram. We're dropping. People are leaving. I'm like, what did you expect? They're disappointed that they're not getting anything. I guess. So they got exactly what we promised them. Exactly. Exact. No more. No less. Exactly what we promised. So I don't understand why people bail. Um, all right. So that's Instagram, which I'm surprised I was even able to get that set up. <laughs> so then we have, of course, on Twitter, which is the main source, Tennis Rev Pod. Tennis Rev Pod on Twitter, and uh, that is somewhat active i'm not yeah. cool i'm definitely not like these youngsters today just tweeting out non-stop yeah. cool stuff but uh but at least i said i tweet out up the current episode you can go link to that download it whatever but make sure you also subscribe and feel um, free to engage in a conflict with us on there about something you didn't agree with in the show <laughs> <laughs> yeah call me a moron i enjoy that i enjoy that yes i enjoy it too so Yes, even though you have do not have Twitter. Matter no. of fact, you know what? Don't engage in anything until we force this dumb dumb to get Twitter. That's my next campaign. You're getting Twitter. Once we get to a hundred thousand downloads a week, I'll get one. So we're just a couple more away. All right. Maybe I got it. Maybe as soon as the Twitter our Twitter follower thing hits three hundred. All right. What's it at now? Two ninety nine. We're at two oh three. We're at two oh three. That's but we've been steady, right? We've been steady. These lazy listeners don't do nothing. <laughs> so we're at two hundred three. So ninety seven more followers, and I think I can think of ninety seven different names. To sign up. <laughs> so we got to get in more feuds with like BG and Patrick McEnroe and these these people. Maybe red card. Yeah. <laughs> so if uh, yeah, so if we get to 300, will you commit to getting a Twitter and following Tennis Revolution Pod, Tennis Rev Pod? Yes, because I'll do your method, which is just download it, sign up, follow, and then delete. <laughs> no, I will. Fair I will. enough. Whatever. I can do it. You're going to get hooked. That's right. You're going to hook. You're going to lose your job. You're going to stop showing up to <laughs> the studio. Why do you think I'm doing this? That's right. I got to get you out of here somehow. Yeah, I'm going to be like all the athletes and get fired for posting something I don't remember. Inappropriate. So anyway, all right. So that you heard it, folks. Sign, follow us on Twitter for the love of all things holy. Get this moron 
on Twitter. This so will you, prove how bad people want me on Twitter. So you can call him a moron also, That's not right. just me. I'm tired of taking it myself. Our followers are going to start going down because anybody wants me on there. I do get We do get a fair amount of emails, too, oddly enough. Huh. I mean, it's 2019. Who emails? I still do my stuff via email. And every once in a while, somebody say, why don't you just text? Or why don't you just you know post it online? I'm like, whatever. <laughs> why don't you stop riding a dinosaur to work? <laughs> all right. Well, that's it. We're rambling enough. So yeah. check us out on all those things. Let's get Corey a Twitter. That's it. That's your corner. I'm going to put you in a corner with Twitter. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, I thought we nailed it today. Crushed it. Always. So, uh, it's getting warmer. Yeah. I think that's why I'm getting fired up about tennis. So everybody out there, you're playing. Tell all the people you're playing to follow this podcast for the love of all things. We need it. And uh, until next time, thanks for joining the revolution. Bye, guys.